Ronananian. I've never seen anybody overfill okay. a cooling system. Incorrectly mixed, yes, but overfill a cooling right. system, never seen it happen. Because trust me, the system will okay. give it up. It's like the ocean, it always gives up its dead. <laughs> The car doctor. Make sure when you put that airbag down that you don't put it face down. You want to put it so that if it accidentally discharged, which has been known to happen on rare occasions, that Mm -hmm. it it just blows up. Because if you put it face down and that thing deploys, it'll go through the roof of the house. You've irritated the tool gods. You must now be smeared with the holy grease of disdain. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, your commander is on deck. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Where, Tom, where did you get that from? Who is that? Is that Tim Allen? That was Buzz Lightyear. Oh, okay. Tim the first Allen. one was Tim Allen. Right. That Tim, was Buzz Lightyear. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear. I beg your pardon. Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear is a real guy, a real person. <sighs> Tony, take him back and put him down in his chair, would you please? Um, I thought that was Tim Allen from, what was that movie? Um, uh, gosh. Oh, sorry. Huh? No. There was another one that he did where he was in a spaceship. Now I can't think of the name of it. Oh, uh, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not Guardians no. of the Galaxy. It'll come to me during no, the no, show. No, but it, Save the world? No. Uh, no. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy yeah, Quest. Yeah, no, yeah. no. That, that one came from, uh, that was Buzz Lightyear, actually. Okay. You know, we probably should have done this before but, we started the show, but, so we talked more about cars. But the first Tim Allen one was the one that came from Home Improvement. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Tim Allen was... Um, he was kind of special. I got to tell you, I loved when he worked on that on his old Chevy. The fifty uh, was a fifty-five or fifty-six. Now I can't remember, but he had a fifty-five or fifty-six wagon, and that was just that was just neat. He, you know, we should get him on the show one day. Probably doesn't even know we're alive. Um, but anyway, um, thank you, Mr. Ray, for once again for a superb opening because I completely forgot what the heck it was I was going to talk about and relate to. Actually, I remember what it was, um, and it was sort of about airbags. So remember about a month ago, and by the way, this is Ron and Amy, the car doctor, cardoctorshow.com, yada, yada, yada. All right, where would we be without Jerry Seinfeld? Yada, 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 we'd be lost. It's part of the English language now. Remember a couple of weeks ago, it's probably closer to uh, two months ago, we had um, a girl by the name of Sarah. She called the show, and she was having a problem with her airbag, and the airbag light was on, and the, she had gone to the dealer, and the dealer told her that the vehicle needed to have... Um, the headrest replaced because the wires by the headrest were broken, and it was this big convoluted, twisted story, and it just didn't make sense. Well, Sarah ended up finding her way to the shop from eight hours out in Pennsylvania, which I was stunned by. I don't think I don't think anybody would drive eight hours to come and see us. But uh, she left me the car, and we've been we've been looking at it off and on, trying to get through it. It was a laundry list of things, and I'm um, trying to sort it out. And you know, we're glad to do it. It just it takes time sometimes on the on on the first time car that's been picked at by. You know, its bones have kind of been picked over and got down to the airbag problem. We got into the airbag problem, and sure enough, I took the, you know, I ran codes, and it had a code for a uh, a fault in the driver's side headrest. This has ACR as active headrest uh, restraint, AHR. I'm sorry, let me get my acronyms right. 
um, active headrest restraint where they blow they blow off an airbag at the back of your head to support it in the event of a collision so that your your head, neck doesn't snap um, which it's kind of amazing technology that they can do this but they're 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 doing it and they've got it delayed so that it doesn't you know bang your head forward it's at the right moment uh, long story short as a result of the diagnosis yeah it's it's got an open circuit so I take the back seat cover off and I look at the headrest and sure enough um, it's open. It is an open circuit because the airbag is not plugged in. The yellow connector, and it's always an airbag is always yellow. Yellow is the safety uh, side of this. Um, there's a two-wire you know, female connector and a two-wire male connector. And it was, of course, part of the problem is that on the headrest side, the wires have physically been removed from the yellow connector, which is now nowhere to be found. But that isn't what she was told. She was told that there was a wiring issue, that the wires were broken, and as a result needed to, uh, you know, needed to be replaced. So ordered a headrest um, a mere $500 later, or 450 bucks, whatever it was, and, uh, you know, plugged it in, and all of a sudden the airbag light goes out. And, and I guess the point of the story is, because I thought about this, I said, you know, when we were talking on air, I never would have imagined that the problem could be something it's so bizarre because, you know, you, you're always trying to think, you know, when you call into me and ask me a car question, I'm kind of, you know, taking it apart in my mind saying, well, you know, it could be this, it could be that. What? But it's very hard to see the 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 obtuse or the, uh, you know, the, the unobstructed view of, of, of what it is that's that's wrong with the vehicle. And you kind of have to think outside the box sometimes. And I say that because... You know, I think the repair shops have to be more responsible. I think it would be important, I, I think, um, to demonstrate the broken connector or the missing connector or whatever it was. I think they should have taken a picture and handed it to her and say, here, this is a picture's worth a thousand words. As a matter of fact, I took a picture of both headrests side by side, the old, the new, the good, the bad, and we're going to post it up on Facebook this week and, uh, you know, make a little video out of it. Uh, we'll do that sometime this week when we get back to work on Monday. Because I think it's something that you want to see because it's it's just so clear cut. It's just it's a problem. And, um, you know, so be it. So, you know, the point of this is that when you call me, understand, I can't see everything. So I need you to try and be as clear as you can um, and I'll help you get to the bottom of it. But, uh, you know, also some things are beyond the control of, of any mechanic until he physically sees it. In the sense that, you know, you're not quite sure what's obvious to you that you see may not be so obvious to me. And, um, you know, that was the that was the whole point. So, um, hello and welcome. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here, 27 plus years. We're talking about cars, 43 years repairing cars, just sharing what I do every day, each and every day. And I love what I do. It's it's great to be able to do it and uh, fix cars. Even in this day and age, they've gotten much more complicated. Um, this is an interview-free hour. We're going to be taking calls uh, throughout the hour. I've got a couple of emails I want to talk about. I want to talk about this. I've got a piece of paper in front of me from the folks at Associated. Maybe I'll do that real now, uh, right now, real quick. Um, you know, we talk about technology and and and, and what's involved and, and how cars have, you know, become what they are. These these giant batteries, uh, these giant computers on wheels. But we don't talk enough about the battery and how critical a battery is. You know, there's still some things today that that, that still make absolute sense. It's got to have good tires. It's got to have a good battery. 
Um, it, it needs its maintenance, you know, regular oil changes. It, it's still that way if you're planning to get life out of it. Listen, if you're planning to buy the car, drive it for two years, turn it back in, or, or three years and turn it back in, hey, more power to you. Don't do anything. I, I do four oil changes and turn it in. I don't even know if I change the oil if the manufacturer didn't require me to, uh, which is something I've always wondered and I've always pushed for. I think manufacturers have to require as part of the lease to change oil, although a lot of them now offer the maintenance plan. Although, you know, we go back to they don't they don't want to talk about what the vehicle really needs to service because it's it's a marketing thing. Yeah, buy the car, it never needs anything. Um But the folks at Associated, which is where I was going with this opening conversation, have created a battery charger that looks like a little R two D two. It looks like a little it looks like something out of Star Wars. It's got a backlit display, it's got three different language options, um, it's polarity indicator. And protected on a display, it's got an audible beeper. It charges all battery types, SLA, AGM, lithium, ion, EHB, deep cycle, gel cell, um, fully automatic or manually charging modes. It is OE, meaning vehicle manufacturers have approved it and battery manufacturers have approved it. Did you ever think you'd see the day when you had to have a battery charger that was vehicle manufacturer approved in order to use it? <sighs> what does that say about the battery? And yet, how many of you, you know, want to put your own battery in and think you can get away with it and all the resets and all the coding and all the different things you have to do with a battery? So, but um, in any event, that's from the folks over at Associated. I believe the website, if you want to see a picture of this thing, it's kind of neat, is, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to guess and say it's Associated uh, Equipment or AssociatedEquip.com. What I'll do is I will, uh, um, I'll make sure I do it when we go to break. I'll have Tom look it up for me on a computer, and um, I'll put it out over the air uh, in the next uh, in the next five or ten minutes or so. So anyway, 855-560-9900, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor, coming back right after this. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back, Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor, and uh, we're here. I should point out and mention that um, you know, uh, coming up March seventeenth, uh, which is just uh, two weeks away now, um, we're going to be up in the Westchester Marriott. We're going to be doing the radio show live from the TST Big Event up there, and there's um, all sorts of things going on. It's for it's geared towards automotive technicians. I understand the event is sold out, but you could give them a uh, call and just see, just to be sure. But uh, you know, Motor Age is going to be there, ATS Automotive. Um, uh, automotive Test Solutions, um, NAPA, um, among them, WorldPack will be there. Um, you know, so there's going to be uh, there's going to be quite a bit going on. I understand Launch will be there, Mitchell's uh, slated to be there too, from what I'm reading. But um, we'll be up there at the Westchester Marriott in Tarrytown, New York. That's uh, Saturday, March 17th for the big event. We'll be doing the broadcast. I think we're doing the broadcast from 12 to 2. Uh, but Tom hasn't told me that yet. I'm not sure how he's going to do that. Um, but you will be getting a live broadcast either that Saturday or the following Saturday. You will hear that um, that remote broadcast as, uh, as we bring it to air. So um, we're looking forward to that. We want to thank the folks over at TST, tstseminars.org, tstseminars.org, for having us as uh, we get the chance to get out of the studio and, uh, you know, kind of spread our wings a little bit and see our, see our peers and, um, you know, show Tony, the, show Tony the light of day. Tony likes that we take Tony out once a year. We air him out and uh, put him back in to, uh, you know, Kind of keep him going, keep him fresh. Uh, Mr. Ray has a comment. I, I, I'd be careful taking him out. 
Oh. Remember the last time we took him out? Yeah, we I all almost got arrested. I know. Well, he almost. What do you mean almost? I, I promised the cops we wouldn't go back to Tarrytown for a year. It's been a year, so now it's safe. So, but um, you know, it is what it is. Let's get over and talk to Carlton up in Maine, 05 Toyota Tundra, uh, with some rack and pinion, or had some rack and pinion issues. This ought to be a doozy. Good, Carlton. What's going on, babe? Well, it's not the rack and pinion that's the problem. It's the horn didn't work afterwards. Oops. So, do, uh, yeah, I, I works it. on the panic. If I push the panic on the key, it works, but it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work on the steering wheel. Okay. Um, did, did you go back and talk to the shop after you? After I did. did it? And what did they say? And uh, he didn't really want to deal with it. But I checked the uh, connections under the seat. That's what I found online that I should do. Um, he didn't want to deal with it at all. He okay. He didn't want to do anything. How soon? How soon after the rack was done? Did the horn stop working? Was it immediate? Immediate. Okay. So somewhere, somehow, well, and the airbag light is on, I understand? The airbag light is on also. All right. But so we, we, we've got to pull fault codes, and I'm I'm going to bet and say that we've got a clock spring issue for whatever reason. Um, you know, the, the clock spring is the connection, if you will, between the horn pad and the rest of the vehicle so that you can turn the steering wheel and not you know not lose contact with different circuits for airbag activation and horn right. activation and so forth um you know it's it's pro likely a bad clock spring how it's related to putting the rack in you know maybe they yeah. didn't, maybe they didn't well i can i can tell you what happens if they didn't if they did not you know fix the steering wheel in one position and you know by chance the steering wheel spun around because what will happen is the steering wheel will just sit there and spin infinitely when right. it's not connected to the rack and if they unwound it, if they unwound the clock spring you know oops and it did yeah i know because this, this when i got it back you hadn't tightened up the steering wheel underneath the vehicle at all right and like yeah, it would, I couldn't even drive it down the road. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, it probably that's so I have to. Un, yeah. So I'm you not gonna wind you, it back up like a clock spring. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, you know, it's it's hard. I've done it on some clock springs. I can't say I've done it on everyone. Um, you know, I've 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 sort of straightened out some problems when you get lucky and when you're on a budget. But chances yeah. are you're gonna have to buy a clock spring, which as yeah. a guess, 150, 200 bucks for the part. I'm just sort of surprised. That the guy sure. doesn't want to deal with it. Um, l let me ask you that. Let me ask you one question. How did you pay for the repair? Uh, this is a guy that does it on on the side. It wasn't a regular shop. Right. I was trying to save some money. Right. Um, and uh, you paid, he you, does mechanic work, and I bought it. I bought the parts, and he put them in. Right, and you paid, and you uh, paid for it cash. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. End of conversation. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. I was just trying to save some money, and it yeah. never works out. It never works out, and it and it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, and it doesn't. And you know what? It doesn't for him, and it doesn't for you. It creates hard feelings yeah. all around. And and right. I and I get it. Um, I get it. Why mechanics do that? Uh, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and judge it. I'm just going to say I understand it. Uh, it's very hard for mechanics to make a decent living in auto repair. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's right. it's it's a grueling, grinding job. And and I think as a result, it's what creates the problem, or, or part of the problem anyway, or it's it's partially responsible. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's, 
and I guess you know it's 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 the age old issue. You know, why do people still do it? Because people will go and pay to support it, and they think they're yeah, getting the deal. Exactly. Right. And yeah. you know, yeah. um, I bet you you'll think twice about it before you do it again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, and and be glad it was on something so old. And I consider an 05 a fairly old vehicle at this point. Well, it is, but it's uh, I've kept it up good. And, right. Well, my point uh, is, if that was a 15 or a 16 Toyota, yeah. Right. The the technology is just, you know, we had a call last hour. I think it was last hour from someone up in Maine, and he was explaining Tom, and he was explaining how his mechanic doesn't have a scan tool. How can you not have a scan tool in 2018 mm. and you're working on cars? Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling to me. Um, it is, that that is because uh, yeah. You know, you gotta have that for everything. Well, you're doing a disservice both to yourself and the customer. And yeah. you know what? It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to service and repair the car as it's needed, not based on your pocketbook, not based on your yeah. budget. You know, and, and and because the shortcut I take now always comes back to bite both of us later on, and it creates hard feelings. And you don't want to create those hard feelings. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, right. You know, uh, so yeah, you're gonna have to get it scanned. Get it scanned. It's likely a clock spring issue, which means the airbag, the horn pad has to come off, which contains the airbag in it. You're gonna have to follow a procedure. You know, make sure you disconnect the battery, allow the system to bleed down, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, probably, get, and you'll have to get the steering wheel off, and then you'll be down looking at the clock spring, whether or not it's unwound, or whether or not this poor guy just yeah. happened to be the lucky one in the hole that day that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, but I think I'll have uh, dealers take care of that. Yeah, you know, it's um. Yeah. Listen, we did a we had a 2011 Jeep Liberty uh, last week, the week before that we did a water pump on. We did a water pump on. Now, yeah. when we do a cooling system repair, like a lot of shops, we'll run the heater to verify that the vehicle has heat, and we've burped it of all the air. So we, you know, we're giving the customer back a vehicle that works. We did all that. The blower worked. Everything was fine. Got a phone call Monday. It was a week ago Friday. Got a phone call Monday that the uh, blower stopped working or the blower didn't work for them and they had to bring it back. It turns out it had a bad blower motor. I I've got to tell you, uh, Carlton, had nothing to do with us. It just, the blower motor died. We put a blower motor in it. I took the old one out. It was frozen solid. Put a blower motor in it. The car's fixed. Sometimes it happens. Thanks for the call, Carlton. Good, good luck and uh, I wish you the best. Running Annie and the Car Doctor coming back right after this. Tony, hit the red button. That's it. I'm sorry, folks. Ron and Andy and the car doctor were just trying to help Mr. Atwood from... Uh, he's hitting the wrong buttons today. I don't know. Either the mic wouldn't go on, so either Tony missed a button or we just launched a, Mitchell, a missile at North Korea. I'm not sure what happened, um, whatever the case might be, or the Jets training camp. So uh, one or the other. Let's go over and talk to his Ed Colm in Norwood, New York. Um, 855-560-9900. You're on with the car doctor. Let's talk. What's going on? Ron, good afternoon. Yes, Always appreciate this is Carl. Uh, take up the whole hot topic of self-driving vehicles. And the uh, question is, to your knowledge, is anyone currently looking into the, what I'd call, unknown unknowns, the prospect of 
electrical signals from whatever source seriously adversely affecting the car's behavior on the road. Yes, the federal government is actually does actually have a program for um, electromagnetic waves, e- EMWs, and they're also looking at people hacking into the systems and taking them over at a very high level uh, because it's a, it's, it's, it's a matter of national security. And, it certainly is yeah. because uh, if there is a 50-mile jam due to two autonomous vehicles hitting, God forbid, I would not want to be one of those two or even related. And my whole uh, passion for this dates back 62 years to 1956. Raised on World War II by World War II veterans, I noted then at age eight, Ron, that in the Mediterranean, German glider bombs were attacking. They were manless and remote controlled, and they could be misdirected away from the target ship by anyone at the ship's rail holding an electric razor buzzing, aiming it at them. They'd veer sharply away. And as I wanted to state, in March 91, on a simple Chevy Monte Carlo V6 4.3 throttle body, my mother's car, which I maintained, I had actually undeniably a runaway and there were no simple-minded causes like a carpet, stuck cable, rubbish. But the thing is, I would direct all listening, including you, to the area, my home city back then of Philadelphia, PA, at the Philadelphia Zoo, coming off the expressway on an uphill exit. Lift my foot, slow down, and then a sudden abrupt surge of acceleration all the way to the street. And it is not that it happened, and no cause could be found, of course not, but rather where it happened. And if anyone cares to Google Earth, that area, the main attraction is called Zoo Tower, which is a railroad control hub and still present there with everything above ground, subground, and there are telemetry, high amp current, signal lines, festooning for a And on that note, I think we're going to go on. Unlock this door. And I think on that note, we're going to unlock this door and head over to Mick from Oregon. Uh, let's go over and talk to Mick. Mick, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. What's going on? Um, well, I got some information that we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, you wanted me to check uh, fuel pressure Yep. and manifold vacuum pressure. Okay. The, the fuel pressure at idle is 17 pounds, and at 2,000 RPMs, it goes to about 20. Is okay. That, is that normal? Sounds low. This is a poor fuel-injected 4.0 Jeep, right? Yeah, for 4 liter. Okay. Uh, what was manifold vacuum? Uh, okay, the manifold vacuum at idle is 16 to 17, and then at acceleration to 20. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, okay. And then the... So when you when when you throttle it up, uh, it, it loses its its vacuum. It drops down to zero, and then it comes back. Um, well, yeah, and that's and, and that's a normal occurrence. 
you know, because of uh, you know, it's you're opening the throttle plates, and there's 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 equalization between atmospheric uh-huh. pressure and the engine itself. But okay. yeah, that that to me that that doesn't bother me. Um, okay. That that doesn't bother me. Was there something else I wanted you to check? I'm trying to remember. Um, I was, I was, I don't have a scope, so I wasn't able to to check the camera crank sensors. Okay. But um, I've changed them. But I'm I'm fairly certain that they're working because I'm getting five volts at the computer off the off the feed. And you weren't um, and you weren't before, correct? I I I wasn't, but I was testing it wrong. So I I, I plugged it into the computer and tested it, and then I then I was getting the five volts. Well, because didn't this problem originally start out as as some yeah. sort of um, a vehicle speed a vehicle speed sensor. Right. 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 It started out as a five volt reference loss or something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go back to fuel pressure. You've got what for fuel pressure at idle? Okay. At idle seventeen pounds. This is the engine's and running. With the engine running. Yeah, that's way and low. Fuel, that's way 2, 000, low. Yeah, two thousand RPMs it's it's a twenty. Now, I went out and I checked it again today, just for giggles. Um, today, when I did it, the at idle, the needle was um, oscillating really fast between like 15 and 20. I mean, it was just, you could hardly see it. It was moving so fast. And then when I idled it up, it, it cleared out and steadied. It steadied out at 20. Well, there's 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 not a lot to look at here. This is either... Your fuel pressure gauge is broken, all right? Uh, you've got the adapter on wrong. I'm just giving you all the possibilities. You, you, you've, right. you, you've got the adapter on wrong, or you've got a fuel pressure problem because if memory serves me correct, and I would tell you to look up the spec, but if memory serves me correct, at idle, this should have 45 to 50 pounds of fuel pressure. That's, that's what I thought, too. So it's at 17 pounds, uh, you've got an issue, all right? Okay. So, you know, here we go, right? Uh-huh. I, I think our conversation a month and a half ago started where you had 5-volt reference problems and you changed, and it was vehicle speed sensor related. If I remember right, didn't you have a 502 or a 505 fault code or something? Um, I had a... Uh, 507? It was for the vehicle speed sensor. Yeah, and, uh- and I remember you changed it, and then the, the characteristics of that problem changed and then the vehicle developed this problem yeah i had a p0720 okay right that's what it was um yeah uh, i see a few vehicles during the weekend on the weekend right no no i i understand (laughs) um so you know now that's why i said last week let's go back to square one let's diagnose this like technicians let's go back to let's let's go start over if you've really got 17 pounds of fuel pressure Mm -hmm. no something's wrong something's way wrong um, I'm surprised the truck's running. So, okay. you know, let's th- let's talk about how 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 dirty's the filter. The filter the filter's got to be plugged for it to have set, that it can't. Because I got to tell you, it's rare when I've seen a fuel filter. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's rare when I see a fuel filter, you know, limit operation to this degree. Uh, I it's yeah. a, it's amazing what a fuel filter will put up with. Not to say that a plug fuel filter won't shorten pump life, 
where if, if you call me back next week and go, Ron, the fuel filter was plugged solid, I put a filter on it, the truck runs great, I'm going mm-hmm. to I'm gonna tell you to get ready to put a fuel pump on it because it's 20 years old, it's got 180,000 miles on it, and you just, mm-hmm. you, you just made the 80-year-old man run a three-minute mile. <laughs> you, you know, you've just abused the holy heck out of it. So, right. you know, get ready to do a pump and do it at your convenience, not at the vehicle's convenience. So, exactly. Um, let's let's I, focus on fuel pressure this week. Okay. I, I, uh, the, the pump and fil- uh, filter are in the tank. Um, right. This is a 98, is it not? Yeah. Um, yeah, The filter, isn't the filter frame mounted in 98? No, I think you're right. I think they are all I, right. Yeah, so, I think it's in the tank, so I will be dropping the tank. Right. So guess what? You're gonna I mean, put a, you're gonna put a pump in it. Yeah. So you got an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, get over to O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tell them what you got. Let them ask them. You know what's a good fuel pump module? And and I like doing the fuel pump modules. You're gonna get a new sending unit. You're gonna get all new parts. Everything's there. You don't have to swap anything over. It's it's it, it's a little more expensive. But in the long run, it's going to come back to benefit you because I don't think you're going through all this to get rid of the vehicle next Tuesday. Right, right. Um, I, I have one question. So I'll tell you what, before I you ask that, Mick, Mick, before you ask that question, let me pull over and take the pause so I don't run over, um, and then I'll come back to you. We'll talk about it from there. And by the way, it's O'ReillyAuto.com for anyone looking up for uh, information about them. Mick, don't go away. I'll be back right after this, 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. Don't call us. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Welcome back. Let's go over and we're continuing our conversation with Mick from Oregon. Mick, you're still there? Yes, sir. You had one more question. Yeah. Um, so when I got the tank and get the uh, pump out and filter out, is there a way when I have the fil- or the pump to, like, test it or check it to determine that it is bad well you just did well with, you the, know, with the gate <laughs> yeah with the gauge i mean there it is 17 psi uh you know yeah. it's it's the only other thing you could do is verify proper voltage and see what sort of amperage the pump is pulling if you want to get into the electrical side you know mm-hmm. it's but if it's got you know if it's if it's if it's if the voltage is there the amperage should be there unless you see a wiring harness issue of some type but uh, you know, I've 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 got to say I think I've only seen current as a problem once, and it wasn't the pumps, it wasn't the harness issue. It was actually the pump itself. It was the way the wiring was. There was an issue inside the tank with the way the wiring was shorting out against the sender. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, at, at that point, is that the original pump? Yeah. And it's it's a what year vehicle? Ninety eight. It's got how many miles on it? Uh, 180 some. Yeah, I think you're done. Um, you know, if it's like I said, it's um, it's it's always possible. It's always possible you've got a bad gauge because that's that's very extreme. All right, that's that's yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's very extreme. O'Reilly's. Yeah, I would I would take that gauge and screw it onto something else. You know, screw it on a known good vehicle. That's you know, if, if that vehicle is supposed to have thirty pounds of pressure and the gauge reads thirty pounds, you know the gauge is right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, but if you, sc- that. if you screw it on a vehicle that's supposed to have thirty pounds of pressure and it reads seventeen, then the gauge is broken. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll check. I'll check that. Right. 
you know. Um, would, would that low uh, fuel pressure, would that cause it to backfire? Sure, lean miss, a lean backfire. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the in the intake, sure, like, like it's been doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely, a lean backfire, like that. Yeah. 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 It's you know. Um, okay. You, you know, remember an engine's a an engine's a big air pump, and a lot of things are happening at correct time and moment. Uh, you know, the only other, the only other question I have in the back of my mind with this vehicle is why the timing marks were off. You know, you couldn't find top on the balancer, and I'm still sorting that one out in my head. I haven't come up to an answer yet. Um, right, there's a notch notch in the pulley, but there's no index on the on the cover. Right, so there's you know short of pulling the timing cover, I'm trying to come up with a reasonable way to to, to verify top dead center, and um, I'm waiting for a four liter ninety eight to come in. Um, I did it with uh, uh, a balloon and a hose. Right, right, and then right. So, anyway, so but anyway. Let's uh let's focus on fuel pressure. If you have any doubts before you change the pump, call me next week. If not, if uh if you can prove that pump doesn't put out pressure, then it's let's let's put a pump in it. And let's go from there. Okay. All right. I, I, I will I will go this way then. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right, Mick. Good luck. Keep me posted. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. Real quick. Oh yeah, here we are. Let's uh, let's answer this email. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here, by the way. Great show. Listen every week. It's one of my first in my lineup. I look forward to your insight and repair mindset. I want to make a quick comment on the push towards electric vehicles. This comes to us from Paul. I'm not sure where Paul is from, 443 area code. Um, one thing I don't hear much talk about is the additional strain all these vehicles will place on the national power grid while charging. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of it, too. Um, also, where will all that additional electrical energy required come from? I've also seen how some folks that have all the electric vehicles don't want to charge them at home due to the increased drone cost. That seems kind of self-defeating to me, as that is one of the points that they try to sell them on. Bottom line is that it's extremely tough to beat the energy density of fossil fuels. I think that electric vehicles are definitely a step in the correct direction, but really not ready for prime time. You made a great point in your last show about how it's been a little more over 100 years, and we finally just have conventional gas and diesel mostly figured out. Makes me wonder what the next hundred years will be like. Um, yeah, I, I think the concern is obviously emissions and you know the pollution levels that the that the Earth is going through and and what we're doing to it. Um, the, the problem is okay. What I, what I understand from what I read is things are controlled here in the U.S. Like we're doing a pretty good job of cleaning up the environment and the and, and the air quality, but in a lot of other countries, among which I've read China, Russia don't do as great a job of policing emission controls there and you know a lot of open emission violations as compared to our standards and you know the issue becomes how do you get them to correct their stuff and you know if they don't want to deal with internal combustion engines then you got to come up with an alternate source that says hey no matter what you do you can't pollute with an electric car and that's why i think we're being pushed in that direction whether it's you know by the government the illuminati or you know anything in between so um that's what I think's going on. Paul, there's more to Paul's email. We'll talk about that next week because I'm Ron and Annie in the car doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.